Hello, this is Daniel Orton, pastor of Harvest House United Pentecostal Church in Marion, Kentucky. It is our desire to see hurting hearts and minds healed as they are born again into the kingdom of God. It is my desire that this podcast will be a blessing to you and help bring you closer to Jesus. I have noticed a lot of churches that are doing this prayer all across the board. And um, it's one thing that I have seen with during this time of COVID is that churches, no matter what denomination, has not seen a decrease in their church finances. But if anything, it's been an increase. And... I was just thinking about it as we was praying that prayer. I was thinking, I wonder if that prayer has anything to do with it. Because I, as a lot of churches is praying that. And uh, thank you, Brother Jimmy. But um, that's the greatest way to be blessed is, is by giving to the Lord as far as financially. But uh, um, I have a very simple subject today. And I was in prayer yesterday morning about a church and some individuals and and the Lord I felt like spoke a very specific word to me for for the church and as I prayed um, um, I don't typically do both these services you know that this close together but I just really felt the need to go here today Genesis chapter 40 it may even seem to be a little bit of a different um, scripture but and I just I'm going to try my best to share what I feel Genesis chapter 40 verse 20 the setting of this is Joseph is in the jail and um, Jake and talked about Joseph some last night I'm a, last week I'm going to maybe do a little continuation of some of what he spoke about but Genesis 40 and 20. And it came to pass the third day, which was Pharaoh's birthday, that he made a feast unto all the servants, and he lifted up the head of the chief butler and the chief baker among his servants. He restored the chief butler unto his butlership again, and he gave the cup into Pharaoh's hand. But he hanged the chief baker as Joseph had interpreted to them. Attention to verse 23. Yet did not the chief butler remember Joseph, but forgot him. Yet the chief butler remembered, uh, yet did not the chief butler remember Joseph, but forgot him. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your goodness, your mercy, your grace. I'm asking you to help me to share this as I feel like you put it in my spirit. I ask you to help us today, God. Help us to grow individually and as a church. And Lord, I ask you to just lead us along the way today. In the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. This story is, is a great story of Joseph. How that Jacob preached about it last Sunday, about how God used Joseph to 
preserve Israel during the time of the famine and to bring them to a place that they were. But in the midst of this story, Joseph finds a lot of highs and he finds a lot of lows. He'd done been put in the pit. His brothers had put him in a pit. He'd then been sold to um, Egypt and Potiphar. And he, exalt, he was exalted in that area because everything that Joseph done, I'm going to lay a little foundation and to go where I'm going today. Everything that Joseph done seemed like turned to gold. He was just blessed. His attitude, his, he was walking in the design and will of God. And it's a lesson to learn that even though you're walking in the design and the will of God, it doesn't mean you're always going to have highs in your life. Joseph had as many lows as he had highs. And the truth of the matter is, it was in those lows that God really preserved Israel and uh, took care of them. It was in them low spots that he found himself in that pain and that suffering that he endured is the place that God was really preparing Joseph and the children of Israel for the, uh, as Jacob talked about last week, about that place. That's that place that God really preserved them was in the hurt and in the pain. Now, we don't always like that place of the hurt and the pain. And that hurt and in that pain, though, is the place that we, we grow more than any other time. And while in one of his spots of pain, Joseph found himself in the prison. One day he seen the doors of the prison open. At this time, Joseph was kind of over the prison because everything that Joseph touched, it, it got exalted and come up because no matter what pain and hurt, Sister Janet, that Joseph went through, he kept the right attitude. He understood that there was purpose in the pain that I'm dealing with. He understood that whatever I may be going through, God knows what He's doing, and I'm going to trust Him through the pain. And I'm, I know that there's a purpose in this pain. <clears throat> and while in the midst of the pain, there was two more men brought into his life that was also in pain. And we understand that in our place of pain, if we cannot be always so focused on ourselves, that is a place that God will more than likely bring somebody to you that you can minister to versus the places when we're not in pain. Because sometimes when we're not going through the struggles of life, we forget about Amen. what God has really done for us and where God really wants us to go. So it was in that place of pain and suffering in a place that Joseph really didn't want to be that God brought him some people to minister to. Yeah. And while he was there, we see in the story the chief uh, baker and the chief butler both was brought into his life. These were not just anybody. They, they were people that was accustomed to the palace. They was accustomed to the, uh, the grandeur of everything. Uh, for, for goodness sake, the, uh, the, we have, we have the, uh, the baker. He was cooking food for the uh, uh, Pharaoh himself. And we had the butler. And he was the one that, that handed the cup to Pharaoh. They both was in very good place and very good favor. And now all of a sudden they found themselves in a place of pain. And they're standing there before Joseph. And they're, they're going back and 
and forth because now then I was like, I, I didn't expect to be in this place. I'm going to tell you what, we don't always expect to be in the place of pain because we think, oh God, now how did I get here? But you know what? All of us are always going to find pain in our life. It doesn't matter whether you're rich, whether you're poor, whether you got it all together or you don't. You're going to have pain. Amen. You're going to have pain in your life. And they find themselves in this place. And, and Sister Penny, while, while they're there, they, they wake up the next morning, no doubt tormented. And, and they woke up, but they both had a dream. And they both begin to tell in each other's dream. And all of a sudden, Joseph hears it. And, and he hears the, uh, the, the butler telling his dream. He begins to tell him uh, the, the interpretation of his, hey, man, a short form. He said, yeah, it's going to be all right. Uh, basically, he said, you know what? Pharaoh, after three days, is going to put you back. And you're going you're to serve Pharaoh his cup once again. It'll be all right. The baker said, man, I, I think I had a dream too. You want to hear my dream? And as he tells him his dream... Joseph's like, ah, look, I'm sorry, but in three days, he's going he's gonna to hang you. And we know this story somewhat. If you don't, that's why I'm kind of setting the stage of what I'm trying to say here today. And, and exactly that happened. We see that the baker, he is proved to be the one. Basically what happened, something had been stolen and it's like, it's either you or you done it. And he figured out that it was the baker. And he, he was hanged. But the butler was put back in the place. Where was that? In verse 23 of my text today, it said, Yet did not the chief butler remember Joseph, but forgot him. I want to talk for just a few minutes today. Very simple. Very plain sermon. Nothing extravagant today. I just want to talk about after the pain. After the pain. After the pain. The older I get, the more I have been accustomed to physical pain. I'm sure that those who are over 40 can give me an amen with that. <laughs> COVID was not fun. I didn't enjoy it. If you enjoyed it, well, I hope you don't get it again. One thing COVID done to me is I, I deal with a lot of arthritis and things in my body anyway. It flared my entire body up. To this day still, when I wake up nearly every morning, this finger has become a trigger finger, and I can pull it down, and it locks in place, and I have to push it back. And that's something I reckon COVID will do. But one of the things I hated about COVID is I hurt, I ache, I hurt all over. But I did before COVID because I'm 50. <laughs> and, and, and I found that the older I get, the more pain that I have to deal with. But, not only physical pain, but, I don't know. How do you get? It seemed like I heard Brother Hughes say that you lose your filter a little more. You don't care as much about some things. <laughs> Maybe we bring some own pain on ourselves. But, Jesus promised us that in this world that we're going to have tribulation. Yeah. We don't like pain. 
We don't like pain at all. We are a generation that will do everything they can to avoid pain. We don't like to cry, and we don't like to suffer. But the truth of the matter is, we need pain. Somebody said, Brother Orton, did you say that? I said that. The truth of the matter is, we need pain in our life. And we got a sissy generation that are going to do anything they can do to keep from having pain. Amen? Amen? If it was not for pain, I, I've, I preached a message a few years ago here about the delivering power of pain, so I'm going to cross a few of those things to get where I'm going to go tonight. But here's the thing. If it was not for pain, we would not have some things. Like, some of us, if we didn't, if it wasn't for, for pain, or we'd have some hands that was blistered, right? Because if you leave your hand on the stove long enough, you're going to feel the pain, and you're going to know you need to move that hand out of the way. Right? People that's dealing with a heart attack, if they didn't know that they had chest pains, they would never know that they needed to go to the doctor or they needed to get some help. Right? So, pain has a reason in our life. And pain happens no matter if you want to try to avoid it. Matter of fact, if you try to avoid it, you can cause yourself even more pain. Pain has a purpose. Pain has a Power. We all love roses, but let me tell you what. You can't have a rose without getting pricked. How many picked a rose and got your finger pricked and brought some blood? We all, well, nowadays people like the nighttime a whole lot, but, lot, but I like it daytime. And, but the truth that matters me, there's no day without night. Yeah. We like a good, cool drink of, uh, of water, but it takes something to make us thirsty too, right? We like bitter, we We'd like, you know, you can't have only sweet without the bitter, is the saying. You can't have peace without chaos. But life without pain may seem like it's the ideal situation in our imagination. But trust me, it is in pain that molds our life and gives us a better shape to our world. You cannot melt iron without you getting it hot enough that it will melt. You know what pain is? Pain is a reminder to ourselves of all the issues we have in our life. Pain. It should motivate us to push beyond our boundaries of where we're at. Pain should push us to go to what may seem like it's impossible. Pain should push us to achieve the unexpected and gain things that look like they're unattainable. If there was no pain, man could not and would not have progressed to the place that we are right now. Because what pain does, it causes us to rethink and to redo some things in our life. It's pain that it pushes us to break the shackles that we're sick and tired of in our life and it pushes us to be better people. Amen. And I preached about this delivering power of pain and I'm not going to go over all that again today but I felt the need to talk about it for just a second. But I want to talk about after the pain. What happens after the healing comes? After we're out of that situation. And when we touch that wounded area of our lives. And can still have victory. 
this is where I come to talk to us today. And the reason why is this. After 16 years of pastoring, over 30 years of ministry, it is in almost always that place of pain where people tell me I am going to do better. It's in that place of pain that people tell me I'm going to start coming to the house of God again. It is in that place of pain where people come and tell me I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired and I know I need a change in my life. It is in that place of pain that people make more promises that they're going to do the will of God. More promises that I'm going to come to church more and I'm going to do more for God. In that place of pain. I don't recall too many times when everything's going hunky-dory and people come to me and say, Oh, Pastor, I'm going to do better because you feel like you're already better and you don't feel no pain in your life and therefore you feel no need to do anymore. And as I prayed and I was praying for individuals uh, uh, yesterday morning and I I began to think, Oh, God, I hope this happens and that happens. And all of a sudden, uh, my mind reverts back to the fact that so many times I see people get in that situation and and they don't follow through with those promises that they made. That's when I begin to think about the text today and think about the place that that we see uh, Joseph is at. And and Joseph is in this prison and he's got this person that in his pain, he helps somebody else their pain and after this butler uh, comes out of this place of pain the word of God says that he forgot what brought him out of the pain and into his deliverance and my challenge here today is uh, you may be in your pain or you may be out of your pain but we cannot forget what delivered us from the pain that we're in because I've seen it so many times people in their pain in their hurt oh they're there and they think oh God oh God I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that I've heard it so many times of the people that standing beside a casket or somebody that's going through a turmoil of their life or somebody that's in a jail uh, jail situation oh pastor I'm going to start coming to church or I'm going to start doing this and I'm going to start doing that and in my mind somewhere in my mind I'm thinking more than not and maybe I shouldn't be this way but this is just my humanity. I'm really I'm thinking in my mind, will you really start coming to the house of God now after the pain is gone, after the casket is shut, after the bell has been paid, after the ticket has been paid? Are you still going to drive 80 miles an hour? Are you going to learn your lesson from the pain that you go through? Because pain is designed, hallelujah, to teach us a lesson to grow. And if we go through that pain and we learn nothing, the pain is wasted. Yeah. Amen. How many people do I know that after they got their first DUI, they didn't learn nothing and they drove the second time and there they got another DUI. I worked with a guy and he wasn't but uh, he was younger than Jake and, and he'd done had three DUIs and all of a sudden got another one to the point he was having trouble figuring it out and understanding the purpose of having to stay in jail for a little while or the purpose of having to pay that fine. And finally he got to the point, uh, the last I heard he's, he's not drinking and driving no more. Thank goodness. But you know why? They finally put a, a device on his vehicle where has to blow in it every time or it won't crank. And that didn't come cheap. He had to pay $2,000 to even have that put on his vehicle. You know what that tells me? 
He's like a lot of Christians. They've always got to have something in their life that cause them pain or they'll never be able to serve God. There's a man that used to go to our church years ago and I remember my mama making the statement, he can never, hallelujah, be in church and have a good job. Every time he gets a good job, he quits coming to church because everything's good and he don't need God. And I can remember it. And guess what? I seen the pattern even when I wasn't around that particular individual. When he had a good job, he didn't come to the house of God. He didn't need God. He had everything that he needed. So after the pain of not having a job was all good and settled, he didn't need God no more. So my question to us today is this. After God delivers you from that addiction, after God delivers you from that, after God gets you out of that jail, after God heals your body, after that casket is closed, and that that hurt and that pain is gone. Can you serve God then when the wound is healed over and it feels like everything is good in your life? Can you serve God? Hallelujah. You're going 80 mile an hour and the cop pulls you over. You think he's just being mean to you because he gives you a hundred and $60 ticket, whatever it is nowadays. I don't know. You go pay that fine. And then you get in your car and you drive down the road 80 miles an hour again. Oh, what's the big deal, Pastor? I'm invincible. I'm not going to wreck. They have, you know why they have speed limits on these roads? Because they have been designed to say that this is as fast as you can go on this road. Or you may miss the curve and you may wreck. You just go ahead and just not worry about it. You don't learn your lesson from the pain that you went through. And you'll go on living your life just like you've always lived your life. And we've got to recognize when we're in the middle of pain, it's there for a reason. God has brought the pain in your life to help bring deliverance to somebody else's life most of the time. We see it in the story. And this is why we see Joseph in the midst of this story. We see him in the middle of his pain and he's helping somebody else that's in pain and the whole purpose of the pain of the butler hallelujah was that the entire Israel could be preserved like Jacob preached about last week but this man when he came out of that jail he forgot about praise the Lord the pain that he had until another issue came along why is it we have to go through these cycles in our life where we're constantly having to have pain but I would, I'll be honest with you today if that's the only way I can be saved God send pain to my life Amen. because I'd rather have pain in my life and be saved and to have no pain and be lost one of these days but my question here today is come on when are we ever going to grow up to the place and realize if we're going through pain God's not a waster you're there for a reason you're there to help somebody in the middle of it later. You're there, praise God, to help somebody out of their pain or God's bringing you into this place of pain because somebody else is going to need it down the road. God is not a waster. He is not the one, hallelujah, who always causes the pain, but he is also, He is the one that in the middle of your pain, praise God, he can help you through that situation. He can help others around you. Hallelujah. He can bring power out of the pain that you're going through today. I'm not going to be real. I'm not going to be a whole lot longer today. But as I prayed and I sought God, 
thinking about our church, the church, this church, the people of this church. We have suffered much pain over the last two or three years. For the people being righteous and trying to do the things they need to do, being being put in, 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 in jails when they didn't even deserve to be there, to, to people having to deal with deaths that did not even, that deaths that, that hurt. We, we've had six, seven people that's died just in the last three years, that, two years, I guess, that, that's been hurtful, it's been hard, and people's had to deal with them things. And you know what? Oh, God, God's timetable, I, I can't, I can't, I can't even go into all that. And God God understands and He knows what He's doing But with all that stuff. But listen to me. Texas said it so well up here that one day talking about let that grieving process be something that will grow you. And if I can challenge you today in anything with what I'm saying today, oh, come on, don't let your pain be wasted. Because once you get out of there and you can touch that sensitive spot in your life, what are you going to do when all of a sudden God does heal your pain in your life? Can you still serve God? Amen. Can you still shout with victory? Can you still come to God when you were struggling? Hallelujah. Oh, it's like the one guy that, that he, uh, he come to his pastor and said, Pastor, I don't have a job. Would you pray for me that I can, I, I, I can start paying, uh, paying tithes? And, and, and he prayed for him and all of a sudden he was paying $10 a week and God began to bless him. And the next thing you know, this guy was paying thousands of dollars in tithes. And he comes to him and says, Oh, Pastor, would you help pray for me? I'm struggling paying my tithes. Oh. And the guy, the pastor, I've heard this story many times, but I heard somebody else tell it, I think, in the full entirety. Full entirety of what it's supposed to be. And the pastor fell down on his knees right there in front of that guy and started praying, God, take his business away from him. Take all of his venues, all his venues away from him. Take everybody away from him that's giving him money, money. And the guy said, what are you doing, pastor? He said, I'm praying that you can go back to where you were in pain and not having a lot of uh, uh, money coming in where you can afford to pay your tithes because in your middle of your blessing, you can't afford it. So my, my, my sermon today is not as much about when we're in that pain, because that's inedible. Every one of us in this life, Jesus said, you are going to have tribulations. You are going to have pain. So I caution you today. We talked about it a little bit in Sunday school. Apostle Paul said, Lord, I want to get rid of this thorn in my flesh. But evidently, there was something in Paul's life that God understood. Paul, I can't take that out of your life. Because if I take that out of your life, and he didn't say this, but it almost leaves it this, if I take that out of your life, you may stop praying. Amen. You may stop doing what you're doing. It, it pains a part of this life that we live in. But life is not about what happens to us, but it's about how we respond to it. The theme of our year, to, the theme this year, put it back up for a second, is reset. We don't like what we've dealt with as a church. I'd I be, I be honest. And Brother David mentioned it to me a while ago, and he's very true. We... we, we we, we concentrate so many times on our losses. 
and not on the gains in the middle of it. We've got a lot of victories. Because as a pastor, it's easy for me to sit in here today, and I have so much over the last two years, and look at the pain I see in the seat. Because there's empty seats. There's people that's not here. There's people that's not here that I don't know where they are. There's people that's, that that's, could be here and they're not here or can't be here. All kinds of circumstances. It's easy. Instead of looking back there and saying, Tammy's here for the first time in six weeks. It, it's First time we got to see Shine and Rosalind in a while. First time Sister Lisa and Autumn has been in the house of God for a while. It's easy for us to overlook that stuff. We're in the midst of the pain. We concentrate so much on the pain. But it's also very important to have that spots because if we're going to have a reset, the only way we're going to really have the reset in our life is when, when we're dealing with uh, uh, what we're dealing with it, it, and we, we realize, I've got to change something. That's the purpose of pain. And if we're going to have a reset, and we are having a reset, and we are going to have revival, we are going to have new souls come in the house of God. We are going to see people baptized this year filled with the Holy Ghost. We are going to have new converts. And we are going to have uh, uh, the stuff like what Jimmy was talking about, somebody where pastor don't got to worry about it. And somebody's here done got the sidewalk cleaned off, and somebody else is driving the bus. And we are going to have all that happen. But when it does happen, Harvest House, we're going to be like the butler. And somebody else is doing this and doing that, and we ain't got to worry about it. And we're having a rocking church and we're worshiping the Lord with everything we got. What are we going to do after this pain we're dealing with is gone? Well, one thing, we'll have some more pain. But. purpose of the pain. There's purpose in the pain. Yes, amen. God, please. I know you, won't, you don't want to pr pray this prayer, but I'm going to pray this day. God, don't ever let me get to the place that I forget where you brought me from, God, even if it causes a thorn in my flesh. After the pain was over, we need, we need some Joseph because after the pain was over, Jacob read it last week. After the pain was over, Jacob, Israel had died. The brothers are like, oh my goodness. The deliverance has happened. Everything's over. Now Joseph, he'll probably kill us. But Genesis 50 and 19 said, and Joseph said unto them, fear not, for I am in the place I am in the place of God, question mark. But as for you, you thought evil against me, but God meant it into good to bring to pass as it is this day to save much people alive. Therefore, fear ye not. I will nourish you and your little ones. And he comforted them and spake kindly to them. He said, look, I understand there was a purpose in the pain and I don't want to forget the purpose in that pain and realize that God has brought us to this place that we are. How do we deal with our pain even after the pain is gone? I'll tell you how we deal with it. The best ultimate example that there is, his name is David. There is nobody in the Bible probably, even, even beyond Joseph, that suffered more pain than David did. 
Because this is what David, this is what happened to David. Come here, Jacob. Solomon walked up to, uh, uh, to David and said, Guess what, son? I'm going to anoint you to be king. And while there was a king still in place. And what happened? From the time that he anointed him to be king, hell broke out in his life. Somebody says, I want to be anointed to God. I want to be used to God. Well, God's going to anoint you, but you better be ready for some hell to break out in your life. And David becomes the example of what to do with our pain. Because everywhere we see in the scriptures of David, he, he dealt with the pain. Because let me tell you what the Bible even comes to the place. They said, David, he's a man after my own heart. Because David understood the big picture. He understood everything about it. Oh, there's a powerful, powerful uh, uh, a book. It's called... Uh, uh, um, the three kings, everybody needs to read it. And it talks about David's heart, how he was. David understood, God set me in this place, and God can take me out of this place. And it didn't matter, even though God had anointed him to be king, the real king he understood was God. And no matter where David was at, he understood the place, whether he was in pain or the pain was gone out of his life. He always knew that God was the one that puts him in and takes him out. And you and I, well, we've got to understand that when we're not in pain, we need to go ahead to worship God anyway because we know that pain's coming again. So my answer today, what do we do after the pain? I'll tell you what you do. You rejoice and magnify God when the pain's come, when the pain's not there. Because you rest assured, Jesus said, in this world, you will have tribulation. Guess what's going to happen? It's coming to background. You're going to have pain again. Because after David was anointed king uh, and he wasn't king, guess what happened? He walks out, he defeats David, he defeats the giant, and all of a sudden he goes down and David, oh, look at it. I've been anointed, I'm going to be king, packing Goliath's head around, praise the Lord. But then all of a sudden, guess what happened? Saul didn't like it. And he spent years running from Saul. Chasing him, knowing that he was anointed king, but in the middle of his pain, he still kept on. He did. You know what he done in the middle of his pain? He he still he took everybody. He ran to the cave of the dueling. And you know what happened? Everybody else that was in pain came and found that man that was in pain. And you know what he done? He took all the people, all the deserters, everybody that seemed like they was misfits. And David built the most mighty army that there was out of 400 misfits. Oh, let them talk about Harvest House. Let them talk about Mary in Kentucky. House a little hole in the middle of nowhere and nobody. But what God wants us to do is take everybody that walks through these doors, hallelujah, and show them how to be a mighty warrior like David showed them how to be a mighty warrior. That's what God's calling us to do. Because we're not always going to be running around and shouting with the giant's head in our hands, hallelujah. Because more times than not, David found himself hiding in a cave. Even when the enemy, Brother David, which seemed to be the leader, was in his hands, David had the chance to kill him, Sister Janet. And the Bible said that David wouldn't do it. Even in the midst of your pain, you know what David done? He kept submission to the authority in his life. I don't have too much more to say, but... I'm just, I'm just trying to tell us today. What are you going to do after the pain? Harvest House, what are we going to do once this reset happens? 
Once God heals your body. Once that baby, once that child comes into the house of God and he's repented and been baptized and everything seems to be great in your world. Can you continue to worship and serve God? What are you going to do after the pain's gone? Hear me today. As I prayed and I sought the Lord, I felt so strong. I was made promises. I have been made promises so, so, so many times. Oh, pastor. When this is over, you're going to see me in the house of God. I'm guessing it's not over yet. Or I've seen it go the other way, Brother David. God heals them. God heals them. They're not sick no more. God puts the marriage back together. God gives them a good job. But then they can't serve God. When God, when God delivers you. When God delivers you. When you can touch that place that hurts so bad. Come on. Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. There's places right now in your life. You want God to heal it so bad. And I want God to heal it for you. But what happens when he does? You've got to learn how to live in that place. The story is told of a young woman in an apostolic church. She was blind. They prayed for her. And God opened her eyes. She could see. Never could see before. But after about a week, no doubt it was something she probably prayed for many times and wanted. But after about a week, she realized she didn't know how to live being able to see. And couldn't rejoice in her healing. And she went blind again. It doesn't have to be that way. David shows us it doesn't have to be that way. Joseph shows us it doesn't have to be that way. But what we got to understand is if in your pain, if you're in pain right now, there is a few reasons why, okay? I, I'm, I'm, about to, I'm about to be done. If you're in pain right now, there is a reason why. God's trying to mature you in something. God's trying to show you something. Or God's trying to keep you saved. And you can ask God in the midst of your pain. God, once I'm beyond this, what do you want me to do from here? Because let me tell you what. You get caught, you pay that ticket. After you pay that ticket, are you going to learn? Are you going to get another ticket? Because ultimately, it's not about you paying a ticket. It's about you not being wrapped around that telephone pole. That's what it's really about. Keep having them heart pains, right? Us old stubborn men, we're like that. Keep having them heart pains. Keep ignoring it. It's there for a reason. It's trying to save your life. 
James 1, 2 and 4. And I'm going to bring this to a close today. My brethren, count it all joy. <laughs> we don't like these verses. Count it all joy when you fall, in, fall into diverse temptations. <laughs> Knowing this, the trying of your faith worketh patience. Now, now, here's the thing. The trying of our faith, God, in our pain, God's trying to, trying, He's strengthening our, our faith. Worketh patience. And, and here, here's the thing I was talking about a while ago, at the beginning of this. This generation doesn't like pain because we don't like to have to deal with patience. Now, how many of us, when the pyre goes out, and you don't have a phone to play with. Within five minutes, I'm bored. It's this generation. I'm bored. We've conditioned ourselves to that place. That we don't want to just set. Because verse 4 says it. But let patience have her. Does anybody know what that says? Perfect work. That ye may be perfect and what? Anybody know? Entire. Wanting nothing. The pain that you're going through right now is trying to teach you patience. You know what patience he's talking about here? It's not when the kids are driving me crazy and we throw them against the wall and all that kind of things. What it's really talking about here, this patience is talking about us trusting Jesus no matter what I'm going through. That's why Joseph, in the midst of every pain that he went through and every high, you look at, you look at how Joseph, no matter what happened, his daddy's favorite coat of many covers, it got ripped off from him and thrown in a pit. He found some pain in his lowest of lows. God sold to Potiphar, but what happened in Potiphar's house? In the middle of his pain, he let patience do its work. And, and God brought him out of that place till Joseph found him head of that household outside of Potiphar. Joseph never lost his patience in trusting God. Then what happens? Back down, son. You're going to the pit. Back into jail. But in that jail, he let patience have its work. After each pain that Joseph went through, Joseph understood there's a big picture here. It's not about where I'm at now, but what I do after the pain prepares me for the next pain. And when that pain is fulfilled, Sister Penny, then he's second only to Pharaoh. He's governor of the whole land. We think it's just two pains, but there's another pain. Because that one day when he's sitting there and he looks out and he sees them ten brothers. I thought I was over it. There they are. There they are. He didn't go running and embracing his brothers right then. He could have. 
and he played with them. I know he was trying to make sure their hearts was right, but he could have in this situation just trusted the Lord, but no, he didn't do it. He ended up being making his own family do some more suffering. His own daddy had to suffer some more because he was dealing with the hardest pain he'd ever dealt with because he'd seen the thing that brought him so much pain. He'd been to the highs, he'd been to the lows, the highs, but now then, there they are again. I thought I was over it. Something got inside his heart. Instead of running and embracing his brother, oh, it's me, Joseph, your brother. Look what God done. You thought well, he could have done it there, but he Pain hadn't fulfilled his purpose yet. See, <laughs> this is Jess, you're talking about this this morning. It might be why God still hadn't perfected that thing in you yet. And that's why you think you got to defeat him. But there's the brothers again. There's my source of pain. David, the same way. We see it up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down. Pain has a purpose. So what are you going to do after the pain is gone? I'll tell you what you better do right now. Make up your mind. God, when you deliver me from this, I know you're preparing me for the next one. And everyone is preparing us to make heaven our home. Every battle we go through, every trial that we go through, what are you going to do after the pain? You're going to have to love God just like you did in the pain. So basically, this is all I'm saying. we got to make sure we're like a Joseph and we understand there's a big picture, God. You're bigger than this. That's what Joseph finally had to do. He had to get in his mind. Okay, God. They meant it for evil. But you meant it for good. David had to think, oh, God. I know you anointed me to the king. But I'm in this cave. I challenge you today just to be honest with God and come say, God, I don't want to just make promises. I don't want to just make promises in the middle of my pit, God. But Lord, I'm asking you, Lord, oh God, after I come out of this, don't let me be like that butler and forget. Oh God, don't let me forget. Don't let me forget where you brought me from. Don't let me forget. Because when we forget, we will have our David moments. When David forgot where God brought him from. David's biggest blunder in his life is when he forgot the pain. He forgot he won that battles. He won his battles by fighting. And he stayed home. David stayed home. And he fell into temptation. He committed adultery. He had a man killed. When we forget the pain and we, 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 we forget where God has brought us from, that is when we will fall. So in the middle of your pain and after your pain, it has to always be about Him. So if we could pray today, say, God, you're going to bring revival to Marion. But when you do, God, don't let us forget where we come from. Don't let us forget the victories you gave us in the middle of the pain. Don't let us forget, oh, God, I'm going to worship you no matter what. I'm done.
Love God. Praise Him. God's going to heal. God's going to deliver. And when He does, you can't forget. He's still bothering you.